Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to kids in Northeast Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited from athletic opportunity due to financial limitations. For more information, visit the SalemHootsProject.org. Now on to the show. So go through a little bit of what you did as a player coming up at Madison High School and then going on to Cascade College and also having a professional career after that. What were some of the things that kind of helped you take your game to the next level? You know, I would definitely say, uh, you know, being being disciplined, you know, uh, you know, willing to learn, you know, uh, coachable, you know, and uh, just having a that, you know, I'm going to outwork everybody, you know, because, you know, actually coming out of Madison, you know, I consider myself a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't technically get like really good at basketball until my senior year, you know, didn't play varsity basketball until my junior year. You know, I want to say I was coming off the bench my junior year, which, you know, which is fine. A lot of kids that think, oh, I need to play, you know, varsity my freshman year. And if not, then it's all over. It's like, nah, that's not the, you know, that's not the, the true story, right? You know, but, uh, but I remember, you know, uh, my junior year, you know, just coming, you know, coming back playing basketball. I grew a little bit too. You know, I went from five, seven to six, three. You know, so that kind of your junior year. Uh, going into my junior year. Going into your junior year. You know, because honestly, uh, I didn't know if I was going to play varsity my junior year. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, you know, but then that summer I grew to six three, and it was it was a big difference. You know, uh, so you know, made the varsity team, and you know, had an okay season. I want to say I probably averaged about eight points, maybe. You know, as a junior. And uh, after the season, you know, Coach Knox, he was like, you know, Cliff, you you play basketball, but you don't work on your game. You know, and I take that with me from now, you know, tell my son about it. I'm like, there's a difference. You can go out there and, you know, go throw some shots outside, things like that, but you're not technically working on your game. You know, uh, so I just made sure, you know, after that junior year, I said, you know what? I want to be a leader on the team, a leading scorer on the team. I want to play heavy minutes. and I want to play college. You know, so I, you know, I said, I'm just going to outwork everyone. I'm going to hit the weight room. You know, I'm going to get up extra shots, get on the jump rope. And, uh, you know, just, you know, being more disciplined, you know, to become better. You know, and of course, you know, when you're doing things like that, you uh, you have less friends. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Or you might even get, you might get your friend that, uh, that want to do it with you. You know, and mine was Michael Schoonmaker. I don't know if you remember Michael Schoolmaker from Cleveland, uh, but that that was mine. Where we would, you know, we basically we said let's you know let's set our alarm clock, you know, let's get up at seven o'clock, let's go work out, let's go hit the weights, you know. And then in the summer, it's like, hey, we're gonna get up and go to this SEI camp and play against the uh, the big names. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how Coach Knox told you that you played, but you didn't work on your game. Now, as a parent, you see this new generation coming up. And I think for this new generation, it's almost flipped. They work on their game a lot. They play the AAU, but I don't know if they're going out and playing older guys, you know, guys around the city, you know, trying to get pickup games with men. How have you seen things change for your son? You know, I would say, uh, you know, and then even with like this whole virus thing going on too, you know, it's uh, we've been doing a lot of our work outside, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, you don't see a bunch of guys working on ball handling, shooting outside anymore. You know, now yeah. everything's so, uh, you know, training heavy, right? It's like, uh, okay, you got to go work on ball handling at this time, shooting at this time. You need a trainer to do this. When we were younger, you know, we'd go to uh, Salvation Army or Lawhurst Park, roll the ball out and play some ball, right? And I think that's the difference, too, with, you know, my, you know, I'm a little older than you, right? <laughs> but, you know, my age group, uh, we would go out there and just play basketball. And that's where you, you know, you don't necessarily learn the detail, but you learn how to be uh, competitive. You know, you know how to move without, uh, like, natural movement. Yeah. You know, when you go to the park and, you know, you out there playing against older guys, um, no set plays. You know, you you gotta play defense or you get off the court, mm -hmm. right? Um, you learn that. Uh, I say you learn how to fall too, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these kids nowadays they just fall everywhere. But you know, when we were younger, we learned how to fall. You know, but I would definitely say the big difference is, uh, you know, the again, kids just don't roll the ball out and play basketball anymore. Um, you know, they have to, you know, go work out with a trainer, uh, to get their, their work in. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's a negative. Like, I think there's definitely positives to that. It's just different. And no, totally, totally yeah. different. And I was four years behind you. I think you graduated 99. Yeah. So I, I was, yep. I was Oh three. So I was a little, a little younger than you, but, but even when I was coming up, there were not very many individual trainers yeah in the area to find there's probably a couple As, exactly and exactly. now i mean they're all over the place oh it's it's oh it's so <laughs> it's a lot you know uh -huh. <laughs> it's it's almost way too many right yeah it, it might be too many but i mean people people some people love the game and, and they're doing a good job others might just be trying to make money exactly, exactly. but uh let's not yeah. get too much into that yeah, all right. Exactly. <laughs> it, even with the uh, the basketball part too, I feel like if you can mix in some street game, uh -huh. right, with uh, a little bit of uh, like order, oh, mm -hmm. then you got a player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got a player when you can mix that. You know, if you could find that that median between the two, yeah. You know, then oh, that's when you kind of take off. Mm -hmm. Something for me that when I was coming up, there was always one guy that I played against every summer. He was three years older than me. And so every summer I would get closer and closer until finally I could go at him. And that was that was like my barometer, like, okay, I'm getting better. Was Did you have anything like that going in Portland where you'd see the same people every summer and then you'd realize, okay, I'm, I'm there now? Oh, it was, you know, it was nonstop. So, like I said, we used to go play at Salvation Army. Uh-huh. Right? So you'll see Brandon Brooks, uh, Terrence Green, uh, Mike Lee, you know, Mike Lee, Aaron Mabba, they're a little younger, but, you know, they'll all be up there. Uh, Man Love, you know, you'll see guys like that. And I would go and compete, right? Mm -hmm. But I knew I wasn't at that level yet, you know. But then once I got around, uh, I would say 22 years old, once I, uh, when I was at Cascade, I think I was like a junior maybe, junior, senior. And then when I played in that, uh, we had our team playing the Pro-Am. You know, and I see myself, uh, you know, able to guard, uh, you know, Salim Stoudemire, you know, and kind of go at him. Not saying I locked him up or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I could play with these guys now. 
and you know, and actually being a leader of the team on my 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 college team, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to get you know, even though Salim and them were you know younger, but I think he was getting ready to go to Arizona, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Gardner, he was getting ready to go to uh, Missouri, you know. Then you have some pro players. And I'm out there competing. I'm like, oh man, I I can actually compete with these guys now, you know, to where if I'm you know I'm on the same court. It's not like I'm getting laughed at, but it's like, okay, it looked like you belong. Was there anything as a player that you didn't like as far as developing your game, but you knew you needed? <laughs> Honestly, I will say the weights. <laughs> it, I mean, that's crazy because I, uh, I hated weights at first when I first started. Uh -huh. You know, it was just something that I didn't really, you know, like to do. And then, you know, when I was pushed the, you know, put on 15 pounds and then you see the, the results, you know, you're like, oh man, weights really helps your game. You know, yeah. you can, instead of you, you know, going to the, uh, to the hole, you know, getting bumped around, now you're knocking people off. Right. And then also help with my, uh, with my jumping ability. You know, all of a sudden, instead of doing layups, okay, now I'm dunking on people. Yeah. You know, and that's a, uh, you know, that's from weights, you know, yeah, a little more muscle, you know, it's, it prevents injuries. Um, you feel stronger, quicker. And then it's even, uh, you know, I, I believe it builds confidence too. You know, I feel Definitely. like, you know, you know, if you, you know, you got your Jersey on, you showing little arms, you know, it's, you know, there's a little confidence with it. When did you start really lifting weights? Like seriously, seriously lifting weights. I would say my, junior year of college of college at cascade okay oh in, in college not even in high school oh yeah i mean i did some in high school but yeah. it wasn't i don't really consider that lifting you know what i mean it was yeah. just lifting just because i mean i wasn't doing it right you know mm -hmm. what i mean i was just you know get over there like i said earlier okay we're lifting some weights but it was it was lifting but not lifting for results yeah you know but in college especially that junior year i remember you know coach moody craig moody uh you know he put me on that weight program and he had a, he had a, he had like a plan for me too he's like look you know uh when you get here because i transferred over from blue mountain community college okay okay he's like, okay and i think i weighed about 170 175 you know so i was like 63 175 he said look you know we're gonna put you on a weight program add 15 pounds to you and you know i guarantee you know by the end of your senior year you'll be all-american you know, so just stuck to that plan and uh, really hit the ways, did a lot of protein, <laughs> creatine, <laughs> yeah, right? And you can really see the results, like in the shoulders, the chest, um, you know, and, and it really helped. So you went junior college first? Yep, I went to uh, Blue Mountain first. Okay. So your story sounds a lot like mine. I, was, I played one year of varsity, so I didn't play varsity my senior year. But again, I was short and I grew later. I was also fat, so I had a my my weight training was for a different result rather than yours. I was trying to get trim; you were trying to get big. Exactly. Uh, and I went junior college, and then I also played a Cascade Conference. I played at Southern Oregon. You know, being the late bloomer, what was that process like for you getting to college? Because for myself, I I wasn't recruited. I had to kind of call schools and hope I could get on a roster. Were you recruited out of high school, or were you kind of like soliciting yourself? You know, I was I was recruited by one school. <laughs> and that was uh, PCC. Okay. It was PCC. Um, you know, so they recruited me 
But then I ended up at Blue Mountain because, you know, I went to King Elementary School, you know, uh, and they had this program called I Have the Dream Foundation, right? So once you graduate, they give you like a partial scholarship to go to any college you want to. You know, so my counselor, I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Barty. You know, so he's like, hey, my dad's a, uh, he's a, a college basketball coach in Pendleton, Oregon. You know, let's go over there, see how you guys like it, you know, and maybe you can play for his team. And the first thing I was thinking, I said, oh, man, I'm not going to Pendleton. That's cowboy country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, we went down there, you know, me, Kendall Smith. I don't know if you remember Kendall from Park Rose. Uh -huh. uh, me, him, a couple other guys went down there and we killed it. You know, and of course we had the confidence, oh, we're coming from the city and we're going to come down here and do our thing. So, you know, I went down there and, and played really well, you know, played really well. And the coach, and it was a little later in the game too, I think it was around June or July, we went to that tryout. You know, so uh, Larry Barty, you know, afterwards pulled me in his office. He was like, look, I don't have no money for you the first uh, semester, you know, or the first term because it's three terms. He said the first term, but if you come down here, you know, you know, pay for everything yourself, I'll give you a scholarship after that, you know. So, uh, you know, we left there, you know, thought about it. I said, you know what, it'd be nice to, to kind of get away from home for a second. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's leave, you know, three and a half hours and grow up a little bit. So uh, that's what I ended up doing, you know, ended up going to, uh, you know, Blue Mountain Community College out, you know, from Madison. Um, and, and basically kind of did my own, like, you know, uh, marketing in a way, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why the story. So, you know, for me, I, uh, I love my story, you know, kind of like you, you know, you, cause you kind of earn everything you get, but, you know, started off from, you know, Madison, wasn't really heavily recruit, recruited, ended up going to Blue Mountain, did pretty well, but wasn't high, you know, heavily recruited out there other than, uh, Let's see, I was recruited by Seattle University. That's when it was D2, uh, Cascade College, of course. And what was the other one? There was one other small, I can't remember what it was. Uh, but then ended up going to co college at Cascade, of course. But I still remember when we played, we played Portland State and we beat them. You know, yeah, you know, we beat, uh, you know, Cascade beat Portland State at Portland State. And I remember, uh, I think it was Schroeder then was the coach, going up to Coach Moody saying, man, I don't know how I missed out on that kid. <laughs> you know, so, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I, uh, I worked hard to get to that level that this D1 coach is like, how did I miss out this, from this kid that came from Portland? Yeah, that probably felt pretty good. It felt real good. It did. So now your son's coming up. He's, uh, he was just finished his freshman year. Obviously, obviously things are different right now with, with the uh, the lockdown and the shutdowns going on, but as he's coming up and he's starting to become a good player, what are some of the differences you see in how players of his age are approaching basketball compared to when you were his age? Uh, I would say um, they're doing a lot more. Uh, I would say more skill training in a way, you know, and. Uh, you know, they're not really playing the outside basketball anymore. Like I said, it's more, you know, skill, skill, skill. You know, let's uh, let's just go into the gym, work on my shot, and then I'm done. You know, but they definitely seem, uh, you know, for instance, for Isaiah, like where I was at at that age, 
um, he's definitely way more advanced than I was, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, with a high IQ, uh, you know, in a way, nobody wants in a way. Like, okay, hitting the weights early, you know, on a schedule, um, you know, putting in that work ethic. You know, other than like with us, you know, we were out, you know, kind of doing everything. Yeah. As somebody who, I'm assuming you didn't play much AAU growing up. Nope. You know, actually, I didn't play, I didn't play AAU at all, actually. You know, you know, not, didn't travel or anything other than, Uh you know, school teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we did our, our, our middle school school team at Whitaker, you know, and then you transitioned to high school. But, you know, looking back on it, I remember like your Brandon Brooks, Terrence Green. Mm-hmm. I remember them playing on travel teams like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then back then, there's only a select few that did that. Yeah. Right? It was, what, Legends or Triple Threat? That's what it triple was. Threat triple Threat was the one back then. Yep. And you can see <laughs> the difference, right? Yeah. You know, from the kids that were just kind of just playing basketball, playing on middle school teams, compared to, like, those kids that are playing travel ball you could see the uh, the skill level. Well, and that was, that's one of my questions with people that are going through this right now is, I remember AAU being, you went, you tried out, we're going to take 10 kids, and the rest of you, you're not going to play. And But now I, I feel like it's, you're going to come get evaluated, we'll place you on a team no matter what. So it's good because more kids are able to play, but it also... Uh, it also diluted a little bit to where it used to be. These are the these are the best players. We're going to take them and traveling. So I think there's positives, positives and negatives to it. But as a parent who's seen it now and who didn't go through it when you were a player, what is your take on uh, maybe this AAU basketball? How have you seen it help your son? How have you seen it maybe hurt your son? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I would say definitely with the AAU basketball, like you were saying earlier, I think it is kind of diluted in a way. You know, not trying to knock any programs or yeah, anything, no, but, you know, it's one of those things to where it's like, uh, you know, everybody shouldn't get a trophy in a way, right? You know, it's, you know, you have your elite kids, and it almost sounds bad, bad to say, so I don't want to say it like that, but, you know, yeah. you have your top kids and you have kids that's not ready at that level, which it's nothing wrong with that, right? You know, uh, I say, you know, if you're, you know, a top 10 kid in the state, whatever, you know, I think it's good to put them on one team and let them go compete because that only makes us stronger, you know. But when we kind of like have all these pro- different programs with one good kid on each team, it dilutes everything. And I think it kind of hurts the uh, the level of play, mm-hmm. right? It, it, gets, it gets real sloppy, even with, uh, you know, I'll say like what the rebel team that he side was playing on, right? You know, you have, you know, your top kids on one team, right? But, you know, there's so many other teams around here, you have to play up a grade or two just to kind of compete, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but I would say, you know, uh, for Isai, I think it helped him playing with, you know, with really good kids like your Jackson, your Mookie, your Adrian, your Chili, just because you build that, uh, you know, that level of play, especially when you go out to uh, play against out-of-town kids. Mm-hmm. Because those kids that I just named, those are high-level kids, right? You know, so now when you're going to get pl- going to play against Seattle or kids from California, you're, uh, you're ready because you're practicing against those guys. Yeah. You know, I feel if, you, if you're practicing against, 
you know, and I hate saying lower level kids, but if you're you're practicing with kids that are not at your level, that you sometimes you tend to pick up uh, bad habits. Yeah. You know, and then kids that are not that level, you have something to look forward to, right? right. You're like, okay, I'm playing on a, a B or C team. Okay, I want to play on this A team. What do I have to do to get better? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of like, you know, where a lot of us came from. You know, we didn't make that, say, that top level team right away, but we worked our butt off until we got there. Mm-hmm. Right? So I know there's, you know, there's always a chance for everyone if you put in the work. What are some things with your son that you, you look at and you say, I wish that it was like when I was coming up. I wish he, I wish he had this experience. And then what are some things that you look at him and say, I wish I had his experience coming up? For him, I wish he had the experience of uh, the, not saying things are handed to him, but, you know, with me, I grew up like in a single family or, you know, a single parent home. Mm-hmm. So everything that I did, you know, I did because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I had to get to that. I had to get to that practice on my own. I had to, you know, if I didn't have a ride, I had to catch the bus. I had to ride a bike. Uh, I think like for my son and probably the kids in general, they don't really have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like the struggle part, you know, because, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, somebody that come pick them up or uh, they can hop online, you know, do it, you know, find some drills, some workouts, you know, you got trainers that do all that stuff. You know, um, so there's always some type of, you know, they can find some type of outlet to get that done. Yeah. And with us, we had to really be creative, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to get better. You know, and then uh, with him or like with that generation, I wish I had like the shoot 360s or the trainer that had come, you know, you know, work yeah. me out. Uh, you know, those type of like, you know, online videos, just the the social media aspect. You know, I think that'd be pretty cool to be able to live in that. Yeah. You know, you know, that part of the, uh, you know, the world, I would say, um, just to experience that. But, you know, you can't go back. No. One thing I'm really jealous of, of the kids that are coming up now is YouTube, because you can get on, you can get on YouTube and watch a lot of games from the past and see, I mean, kids now who, you know, weren't around when Jordan was complaining, they can go back and watch all sort of, all sort of Jordan games, all sort of magic games. We didn't have that access. I mean, we, whatever was on TV was on TV, and and I loved all that NBA stuff and watching the old games too. So I wish we really had that access. Oh, that that'd be sweet, right? I'm I'm pretty sure there'd probably be a lot more, a uh, lot more pros if we had that back then. Probably so. Yeah, you just got so much more influence from watching better players and. Yep, exactly. Because you know, like I always use the uh, like Tyrone Manlove for example. Right. You know, uh, I was telling my son about him, you know, he's like, who's that? And you can't really find any video on Tyrone, but Tyrone was a monster. <laughs> you know, he, he could, or even Dennis Nathan, you know, uh, Dennis Nathan, I don't think you could find any video on him, but he was, <laughs> he, he was different. You're the, you're the third person in two days that have talked to me about Tyrone Manlove. Oh my goodness. He, you know, because, you know, with him, he started off, I want to say, at Oregon, I believe. And then, or maybe, or Colorado, one of those. But then he ended up at Cascade. Okay. You know, so that's where it was me, him, Bino. Bino was there. You know, they kind of took me under their wing, you know, when I was there. Um, but he was, you can tell he was at a different level. I think he averaged, 
at Casca, he's averaged like 37, 38 points per game. Wow. Yeah, he was – it, it was different. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard stories about him. Uh, my guy McShane always tells me about him too. Oh, that's right. He played with him. Did they play together? I thought they played together – was it maybe AAU or at Oregon? It might have been at Oregon. And the story might have been that Manlove never quite uh, made it to a, made it to a season but was there, but he was there when McShane was there. That might've been it. Yep. Exactly. And that, and that, and that's true. It's, you know, he, he can play. That's one guy, you know, cause we would go at each other in college, you know, at Cascade and, you know, the first day, you know, trying to build my confidence, you know, he's guarding me, I'm guarding him. And uh, he scored a couple of times on me. Then when I got it, I was kind of shying away from the competition. And then one day he just pulled me to the side. He was like, Cliff, make me play you. You know, he's like, it's like a video game, video game. Make me play you. I want to play you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So from there, I'm like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he's like, you know, showing me what I need to do. Like, be competitive. You know, don't shy away from this. You know, that was always, that was some good feedback just coming from him, from a high-level player like that, mm-hmm. to hear him like, man, go at me a little bit. Now that you're a parent and you've had this history of basketball yourself, you've played at a high level, and I'm sure you, you coached your son uh, earlier in his career. And now he's in high school playing for another coach. What's your approach to you know, being a parent, still wanting to give him feedback? And I'm sure there are times where you step in and you do. But when do you kind of, when do you kind of decide, I'm going to say something versus I'm going to step back and be dad right now? Yeah, so it's funny because with Isai, you know, I was coaching him from third all the way to eighth grade. You know, so basically coached him all the way through and it's, it's, it's definitely different from you know being his coach mostly all his life you know to you know switching over to high school but I already kind of had this mindset anyway because I'm like my mindset is okay you're in high school your coach is your coach you know I'm not going to critique your coach you know if you have a problem with your coach you talk to him mm-hmm. right uh, I take the st- you know, I take a step back now after the game or after practice. If you want to talk to me about basketball or want any feedback, then we can talk. But I don't I don't really start that conversation with them. You know uh, I kind of let him lead it because yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm stepping on anyone's toes. You know when those when those that gym door is closed, the coaches you know you listen to your coach. You know yeah. you got a problem with the coach, talk to him. And that happened too. You know you know he coming as a freshman kind of had like a, a big name going into Gresham, you know, and, and Coach Lizlow was like, hey, I don't care who you are. You know, you know you're going to work. You're going to earn your spot. If you're not going hard, I'm going to ride you. You know, and I appreciate that about Lizlow because, you know, it made us learn like, oh, man, you know, this is not my dad. You know, I mean, this is a totally whole different coach. Um, I need to listen. I need to play hard. He sees it different from what maybe my dad seen you know, uh, so I need to get after it, you know, but I try to, you know, keep out of that part because I don't want to be one of those dads that trying to control playing time or, you know, whoever's coaching, got to look over their shoulder like, Oh, is the, is the parents mad? Because that could be stressful. They already got enough on their plate dealing with everything else, you know, let the coach coach. And sometimes the kid or the player, they find their self when you kind of step out that role. If you had to tell an athlete one habit to start and one habit to stop, who's coming up? Maybe you've told this to your son. I don't know. But 
what is what is one habit you would tell every young athlete they need to start and what's one habit you would tell every young athlete they need to stop i will say to start is to uh one habit is to outwork everyone be the hardest worker and i know it's kind of cliche but i would say outwork everyone and one habit to stop i would say uh stop eating all that junk food <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it, it it's bad for you you know and that you know you know i say that too but i'm being serious but it's uh stop eating the junk food but i you know i also would say uh stop stop blaming you know that'd be my true answer stop blaming other one uh, other people for uh the results you know if you don't like it get after it in the gym work hard and I promise you it pay off. But you're right on with the junk food too though because I mean that if if you're not eating if you're not eating well that's going to set you back for a long time just your conditioning you're going to feel sluggish and like like I said I was heavier as as a as early on in my high school and lifting weights but also changing my diet is what really helped me become uh, an effective player. Yep. Yep, totally, totally. It helps in the long run, you know, prevents injuries, longevity. You know, you can see it in the body. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, you can always see those end results. Last thing, what's one player, current or past, that every young player right now needs, needs to study? Kobe Bryant. The Mamba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What specifically about Kobe? You know, I like the he sticks to the basics you know it's real similar to uh like michael jordan right mm -hmm. you know everything was based i think bino was saying that on the last uh, podcast he's like you never seen jordan kind of one two three four five six seven eight you know like oh you mm -hmm. cut me off right i'm gonna cross you over left you know what i mean you might see a spin move here and there but it wasn't anything too too crazy you know probably three dribbles max uh, three dribbles max and that's it you know but i think with kobe he kept the uh, he kept it so basic and you know the basics is fundamentals yeah right you know you got a one dribble pull up you know pump fake you know rip through to you know one hand pocket pass everything was so simple with him even though he made it you would think oh man everything he's doing is so hard it's like nah it's you know it's the basics and i think he even said don't get don't ever get bored with the basics mm -hmm. we uh one of my friends and i were having a discussion yesterday about We'd like to see what Jordan's little, like his sessions were like, like when he was training on the court, what were his sessions like? And I'm like, I don't think he was doing too much crazy stuff. I think he was doing like, okay, I'm going to imagine the defender's going to jump me here, so I got to work on this counter. And if you watch Jordan, like, and Kobe, I mean, they had like two or three things they did. And that's it. Yeah. And all that acrobatic stuff, that was instinct. Like, that's instinctive. Like, I don't think. I don't think Jordan was repping out his double pump reverse layups. Like, I don't think he was practicing those. I think he got to the rim and knew what to do when he got there. He just instinctive, but. But yeah. I think that that's was. That's like with Kobe, too. He, yeah. You know, he, you know, he got to that elbow, right? Yeah. You know, rip through one dribble, pull up. Wow. You know what I mean? And I, he mastered that shot. He did. You know, it's like, okay, I can get the either elbow. I know I'm getting to my spot. You're not going to stop me. And if you do, I got to counter for it. Yep. And you don't need much else. That's it. You know, you know, other than if, if you get some athleticism, that does help. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
since we're talking Jordan, what are uh, what are a couple takes you got from the last dance? Oh my goodness! Just a couple. Just a couple. Just a couple. I okay. I don't want to take your whole night. Say, uh, you know, I would say the his mindset. You know, it, it was it's just so crazy to me that he can. I feel like he could just he could just turn it on whenever he wants to. You know, and especially his. Uh, you know, he was so good, play at a high level, that he he was like self motivated. You know, he would make up things to perform at a high level. Look, let me restore the passion in golden era fashion. That that's corrupt, you'll turn me up while we print the atlas. Pray the pain won't be in vain. Poor you say the mask it. Why they kiss ass for traction? Build my own lane and lap them. Chances are they want the credit for your sacrifice. I'll hand you the patent and recreate it twice. Ready to die, you only one and better name your price. On my 25th hour, no relation to Spike. Ask for the spike in my price. Blame the economy. You heard 444. Hope will be proud of me since 22 twos. No competition here, honestly. My mantra is supposed to pay me. Call it a prophecy. Boxing one, there's no stopping me. Word to whoever you're praying to. Cooling in the layup line. Look at what y'all made me do. Laughing at advances now. That won't even pay the dues. Y'all stacking up your rosters. Suckers always. Pay the loot.